You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. So, like Ben said, you're all, you're, you're beginning at least a season of lament and thinking about losses. And Ben was telling me about losing this tree that you had here in the back, uh, I guess by order of the fire marshal. Um, and it's replacement of leaves, which is beautiful. Um, I know Ben is, or will be talking about um, the Hebrew prophets specifically, but this got me thinking about um, how God used the prophets to speak to the ancient Israelites. They were kind of lost people that found themselves being found by God over and over again. They were not an established conquering nation. They were in captivity, they were in slavery. Then they were freed and they wandered. They were obedient to God and then they were disobedient. They were faithful and then they were unfaithful. And they kept being rebuked through the Old Testament by the prophets, um, being called back to one true God and the promise that God made them that they would be liberated and at home. Their whole story in the Old Testament is this has this theme of being lost and then found, of being formed in the promise of being liberated and being home. And they didn't like being lost. They wandered for, for 40 years and they kept longing to be home. In the New Testament, when Jesus talks about being lost and found, he's speaking to a group of people, even in the society of his day, who are longing to be home and saved. I think it's kind of a common problem of humanity. We were made to be at home with God, but we wander. We get lost. Jesus came to bring us into the reality that we are home in God. We are found. We all probably know what it's like to be lost, like physically lost. Um, Everyone gets lost, maybe some of us more than others. Uh, This happens when we're in new territory, uh, somewhere that's unfamiliar. We can end up getting lost because we're not paying attention or we're doing our own thing, or we think we know our own way. Were you ever lost as a kid? These these kinds of experiences can make a real impression on you. I remember two times when I was really lost as a child. Once I was at the beach, I think I was like four or five, and I was playing away from the water, um, like behind the rows of blankets, And when I looked up, I just couldn't find where my family was. I wasn't paying attention. Um, And the beach had filled in, right? There were more umbrellas and more people and less space to see my way back to the blanket and my family. And it was terrifying. I didn't realize then how easy it was to lose myself in what I was doing. I remember wandering up and down in the hot, soft sand, 
with this rising panic that I didn't know how to get back. I didn't think that I had wandered that far. It seemed simple enough to go and just do my own thing and come back. I, I don't, I honestly don't remember how long it was before a beach patrol vehicle came by and got me and helped me find my family. But I do remember I was crying. I'm sure it was obvious that I was lost. And specifically feeling ashamed that I had gotten lost. Ashamed that I had gotten separated. I should have known better. And then another time I was with my cousin in Lancaster. I grew up in Lancaster. Um, I was late elementary school age. She was a little bit older, probably in middle school. Um, and we were together at an event at a local public, high, uh, public school, which was not where I attended. So it was new territory for me. And she convinced me to walk home with her to my grandmother's house, where she lived at the time. She said it would be fine. She said she knew the way, she knew where she was going. I was nervous, but I didn't, um, because I didn't know the way. I didn't live there, the roads were not familiar to me, but I decided to trust her. And we got, we lost our way and got all turned around. And we would never have made it alone if a cop hadn't driven by and noticed that we looked too young and too lost. So he stopped and he talked to us and he gave us a ride back to my grandmother's house in the police cruiser. But thinking that we knew the way on our own actually meant that we were just lost. So like I said, we probably all know what it's like to get physically lost, but I want to talk about what, it, what it's like to feel spiritually lost. The whole idea of being lost spiritually or cosmically might be a hard thing to swallow because it, it, even talking about it can feel judgmental, as if identifying that someone is lost implies that we are not. And I think, in general, we want to avoid any kind of anything that makes us sound judgmental. And in the same way, I think that we can easily be influenced to think that we can be our own way, our own map, or our own destination. And if that's the case, can anyone ever be lost? Is the concept of being lost even applicable anymore? I wonder how much that idea has influenced what we say and believe. But regardless of how we might um, pick apart this idea of being lost spiritually, regardless of how much we see ourselves or anyone else as lost, Jesus is relating to us wherever we are, drawing near to us so that we can recognize ourselves as found and known, loved and included. Jesus wanted us to recognize God relating to us this way. He embodied it and he also talked about it. He taught what God was doing through him. And some of us who have a secure attachment and a sense of belonging, uh, a sense of stability and home might not be looking as earnestly as those who don't have that, but we all need it. We all need a sense of our belonging 
and our purpose in our home. Jesus told a story about the lost sheep. You probably know it. It's, it's pretty familiar. Um, it is a picture of God relating to us through Jesus, of Jesus drawing near, finding those who are lost. And the story is in two different um, Gospels, Matthew and Luke. And I think the way that both writers um, use it is really applicable way to describe ways that we can be lost. So their two ways are, one is when you've had an experience of being found and you start to lose your connection, your sense of belonging. Usually it's through some kind of hurt, whether you've hurt someone else or they've hurt you and you're lost in a sense, in a lack of forgiveness or shame even. And the other is when you're lost because you simply don't know where to go or, or how to find your way. You might even be trying to do it on your own. So let's read both these stories in Matthew and Luke um, of this short parable. Someone read Matthew and then we'll go through and read Luke. Oh, thank you, Nicole. I don't even have to use this. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so this is Jesus talking to his disciples first here about letting the little children come to him and not causing any of them to stumble. Can somebody read this for us? Take care not to despise one of these little ones. I tell you this, in heaven their angels are always gazing on the face of my father who lives there. How does it seem to you? If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off and goes missing, what will he do? He'll leave the 99 on the hillside and go off after the one that's missing with him. And when eventually he finds it, I'll tell you the truth, he will celebrate over that one more than over the 99 who did not go missing. It's the same as your father in heaven. The last thing he wants is for a single one of these little ones to be lost. Thank you. And the next. sheep he said and you lose one of them what will you do why will you leave the 99 out in the countryside and you'll go off looking for the lost one until you find it and when you find it you'll be so happy you'll put it on your shoulders and come home and you'll call your friends and neighbors in come and have a party you'll say celebrate with me i found my lost sheep well, let me tell you, that's how glad they will be in heaven over one sinner who repents, more than over the 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Thank you. So these stories are pretty similar. Um, there's one sheep that's lost in 100. There's a, there's a shepherd that goes to find the lone sheep, and there's great joy when the sheep is found. But you can tell by how the writers start that they have different purposes. 
in Matthew. Let's go back to that. Matthew puts this passage right in chapter 18, where Jesus is talking to the disciples about the church. He's rebuking anyone who would cause the little children to stumble. He's talking about people that are new to faith. So he's using the parable as another way to describe the life of the church. People wander off for lots of reasons. Um, he specifically depicts Jesus as creating a community that protects people when they are vulnerable. Then in the rest of the chapter, Jesus is describing the process of forgiving the person who sins against you, giving them pastoral guidance on how to bring the wandering one back into the fold. He encourages Peter to endlessly forgive those who have gone astray. Forgiveness is the way of staying together as the church. Matthew uses the term wanders, kind of like me wandering off the blanket at the beach to do my own thing. Wander seems to imply that the sheep are only beginning to stray, but that they are part of the fold and they begin to lose sight of the group and the shepherd. The shepherd's goal is to corral them back into the fold since they're not as far off as Luke's sheep later on. Also in Matthew, Jesus leaves his sheep in the hills. It's a relatively protected area. The image of uh, going after the one wandering sheep is not a great risk. It's part of the routine shepherding in Palestine among the hills. So it's pastoral care to find the one that's wandering and to bring them back. The point of the parable in Matthew is to encourage Jesus' disciples to participate in the pastoral care of God, which involves keeping stray sheep in the fold. And then in contrast, in Luke, Luke puts the same story in the middle of what's known as the Gospel of the Outcasts, where he's talking about including outsiders. He starts with how the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, in league with the scribes, criticized Jesus for keeping company with sinners and tax collectors. This same critique is he uses earlier, um, and again, when Jesus eats with Zacchaeus, where the same term is used to describe their grumbling about this. Their complaint is that Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. These, are, these folks are others. They're out. Not like us who are righteous. And his response to the Pharisees' critique is made clear through three parables. We only looked at one, but there are three. There's one about the hundred sheep, then there's one about coins, the lost coin, uh, and then about two sons. You may know these stories, particularly the last one about the lost son. It's called the prodigal son. They're right back to back. The structure of all of these is, is similar. It's where an individual suffers loss, goes in search of what is so precious, and then celebrates joyously when it's recovered. So the repeated pattern is Luke's making this greater point. Jesus gets accused of dining with sinners 
but his dining with them is the celebration of the fact that these sinners are now found, are now included in the fold. He's rejoicing with the sinners and the tax collectors because in his presence with them, they have now been found. Jesus assumes that these sheep are restored when they are found. The shepherd rejoices readily. He carries the sheep right on his shoulders and gathers in the community around <coughs> to celebrate its recovery. This is different than in Matthew's account of wandering sheep because they're not restored yet when they're discovered. They go through this process of forgiveness, which Matthew later describes. The actions demonstrate this radical inclusion of lost sheep and the behavior of the friends of the shepherd. Because true friends of the shepherd celebrate when a sheep has been found. The Pharisees couldn't see this. And it kind of highlights the fact that they aren't friends of God. Because friends of God celebrate what God celebrates. So the two parables here are talking about being lost in different ways. On one hand, those of us who are in the church may feel like we're wandering. We doubt, we're confused, we feel distant, maybe we're just kind of buried in a sea of lament. Uh, we might have our own agendas and kind of wander off and do our own thing. Our relationship to the church or the Bible or ourselves changes over time. And you may feel ashamed and not want to talk about that, but we're intentionally building this environment where people can connect with God. We need to be a safe place to cast off that shame and to be vulnerable, to say what's really going on and to talk about the distance. Ask your questions. Just so you know, sheep don't really know what's going on. Anyway, we all need a shepherd. Um, some of us look up to find that we have been doing our own thing for a while. Listen to Jesus talking to his disciples and to Peter and the rest of that chapter in Matthew. You can read the whole thing. Check to see if maybe you need to be asking for or offering forgiveness. Doing our own thing can hurt other people. It can hurt the body of Christ. None of us are meant to do this alone. Thomas and I were just talking about that this morning. We need each other. And there is endless forgiveness in Christ. Jesus told Peter 70 times seven. The shepherd always goes off, not to condemn the wandering sheep, but to bring it back and to celebrate the restored relationship. Most of us need to find ourselves being found by God over and over again, like the Israelites. We need to find our identity as one who is known and included and at home with God through Jesus. Instead of putting ourselves on the outs or trying to find our way back in alone, let's just receive the abundant forgiveness of God and rest secure on his shoulders. I love this verse about Benjamin in the Old Testament. Um, 
Moses was pronouncing a blessing on the tribes of Israel before he died. And about Benjamin, he said, Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Jesus is giving us that blessing to us here in the New Testament with, these, with this parable. We are the beloved of God. We can rest secure that the shepherd is always seeking us to bring us back. And then in Luke, Luke's sheep aren't just wandering. They are lost. They aren't sure what they're missing or even what they're looking for. They don't know the way. This is not a home where they have lived yet. The streets maybe aren't familiar. Someone who is newly connecting to my cell told me that she has no idea what she's doing with religion. She said, I really don't even know what's going on with me. And I encouraged her that this is a great place to be and to keep showing up. Jesus is always eating with people on the margins who don't fit in. Remember that he assumes that these sheep are restored when they are found. So if you feel like this, keep showing up. There's room here to bring what you're working with and to find others who share your questions or at least will hold them and dialogue with you. Belonging with Jesus to Jesus and being at home is a journey. And I think what Jesus is telling us here and with his very self is that he came to know us and to be known through us. And one of the most concrete ways that people experience being known and at home in Jesus is through us, the church. Being, uh, being known and at home among us helps people to experience that with Jesus. So you are an essential part of that and of making that known to the next person, even if you don't always feel at home. I asked a friend recently what she noticed about Circle of Hope when, when she first started showing up, and she said it didn't take long for her to realize that this is a community, this is a family. We're trying to do something together for our sake, for God's sake, and for the sake of the world. She, she experienced rooted and consistent and faithful people, and she needed that. She said that people treat you as an individual, not she happens to be married. She's like, not as a couple. It was refreshing to be known for who I am and not just be tagged with my husband. Um, she also said that there is not pressure to keep up appearances, that she could be honest and just be who she is, that there was freedom to be on her journey. And it was evident rather quickly that Jesus is here because we are here. So I offer that to you as encouragement, that you are revealing this truth that Jesus was teaching to his disciples, that there is a place to be known and loved and included in Christ through the body. Let me pray for us.
God, thank you that you are um, always moving towards us to know us and include us in the work of God in the world. Help us to live into that um, place of being at home in you and to make a home for others to experience that too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.